Hello everyone, welcome to the Unsworn Gamer, I'm your host Rob, welcome to another Faction Reaction. This time I'm joined by my regular Monday night host, Mr. Nathan Prescott. Hey buddy. Hello, good evening, how's it going? Uh, good, thank you, thanks very much for asking. It's it's warm where I am. Yeah, yeah I've got a sweat on building these cruel boys. You're building some cruelly boys? Yeah, Managed to break one already. First one I built, and I broke the bloody spiky thing off of his app. No, Stupid. that's what makes him the strongest. Oh, well, he can be lopsided. <laughs> I'll have some cider instead. <laughs> All right, perfect. So normally, if you guys are watching this uh, live on Twitch, because this is always filmed in front of a studio audience, that is Twitch with Kdred, Marty, Hoy, and Nezil. Uh, hello, everyone, by the way. Thanks, Diadrian, for resubscribing. Um, normally, normally, we have a show, and Dan and James are on the show with us. However, uh, because Nathan had no other time in his busy schedule than to grace us with a faction reaction this Monday evening, Dan and James have taken the evening off. Uh, so this is 7 p.m. every Monday. And Nathan's here to... Uh, maybe he's here because it looks like he's broken. <laughs> Nathan's here to do a faction reaction for the Gloomspite Gits, uh, which is going to be pretty fun. Uh, it's going to be pretty, 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 pretty fun. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, and if you guys haven't ever tuned into anything we do on the Most Wargame before, like I say, Monday nights we're live uh, on Twitch, uh, and I'm live every day at midday, 12 till 1. But you can listen to us as a podcast as well, if you want, which is going to be good. Thanks to Painting Tentacle for resubscribing. How about that new Vulture? Normally on this show, we would go through the news and everything else, but we're not going to do that today. The Vulture's great. The Cruel Boys look amazing. I'm very mm. excited. We'll do that on another show. Let's do Gloom Spike Gits. Nathan, how long... Have you been playing Gloom Spike Gits for? How, many, how long have you been pushing them little fellas around? Uh, well, <clears throat> probably ever since the moon spoke to me, I guess. So, it's a long time. Well, <laughs> that moon so bloody talkative for base bloody planet thing. Is it a planet? Yeah. Is it a no. planetoid? Yeah, it's a uh, moon is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so a long time. In fact, actually, our, the very first game of Age I ever had was against you and me, my Seraphon, your gits. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And obviously, I used to play uh, Orcs and Goblins back in back in 8th edition, which involved big blocks of 100 Night Goblins being uh, shepherded by a war boss with a wizarding hat on. Best best days, them were. <laughs> Especially when he failed his stupidity check and made them all wander off. <laughs> and you're the only great. person who wants animosity to come back, I think. Yeah, yeah. I used to love rolling the animosity and having my army fighting itself and wandering <laughs> off to go and do something else. <laughs> won me a couple of games, animosity did, but lost me loads more than it won, that's for sure. Well, yeah. so the uh, the Gits went through like a huge transition, right? Like over the course of leading up to second edition, and that's where they got their book. Um, and so, with the past year in mind, we'll kind of ignore COVID, but not ignore COVID, but kind of um, like for that time period. Um, how do you how did how did the Gloomspite Gits play? Like, what are the strengths and the weaknesses of the Gloomspite Gits book before third edition? How did they play? What were the, what did they do well? Also, big shout out to everyone in the chat. Love you all tons. Well, at the start of third edition, obviously prior to that, the, they had um, a, a decent magic phase. So you'd quite often see them with quite a few endless spells. Yep. Um, 
And then going into second edition, they would be, uh, again, uh, I don't know. There were a few builds, uh, but you saw some of the builds that did really well with uh, builds with the with lots of gob- uh, big blocks of goblins, stabbers mm-hmm. mainly, uh, and just swamping objectives. And um, they're actually decent in a fight, stabbers are, as long as you haven't got armor or... Um, if the loom boss is around, then you you do get a lot of mortal wounds out of them too. So, yeah, the big blocks of gobos were probably the strongest, particularly at the beginning. Um, of the book. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and then uh, you quite... Uh, another popular one was obviously the squig. Squig army, the squig launch mm-hmm. and all of that, uh, the stampede. Um which were surprisingly hitty, but they were very much a glass cannon. Uh, I don't know about surprisingly. They were quite, they were hitty. They could bite through stuff, but then uh, they couldn't ever really take a hit back. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously as an army on a, in, a, um, in the main, they do suffer from low bravery. So you do have to, uh, uh, you have to watch out for that. They are forever running away. Um, although the Loon Shrine is nice for that, um, obviously with its big 12-inch bubble of immune to battle shock, but uh, again, that does, particularly uh, in second edition, that Loon Shrine had to be 12 inches away from enemy territory, which has changed with the new uh, new rules, which is great for them. Um, so yeah, you would often fight from a castle around your Loon Shrine, really. And uh, that's where Hannah Gork was really useful because you could uh, have like a bunker. And as long as you were able to, in that bunker, be defending some of the objectives, then you could just throw um, blocks out to go and try and take objectives or always threaten objectives so that your opponent could never leave bits of the board unprotected, really, because mm. otherwise goblins would pop up behind them. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then obviously you also had the the trog side, which again is, I mean, it's uh, probably got not a reputation of not being that competitive, but um, it's not uncompetitive. The trogs have always been the basic trogs, the fellwaters and the rock guts have always been priced. I always thought quite reasonably for what they do, they hit hard, and. Uh, yeah, they've got a few little tricks. But the, the the stats don't really support them having ever done well ever. Like, no one's ever 5-0'd with the Trogs, for instance, no. in second edition. And in fact, Gits, no. Gits were one of the worst performing armies when it comes to win rate. Not that that was actually your win rate with them. You actually did fairly well. Um, but they they had one of the lower win percentages um, yeah. uh, like out there. I'm not sure if that's because you think, Nathan, everyone was playing terribly. Um, uh, was the truth, or if they just didn't have the tool set available? Uh, I think um, they are a harder. They've always been a harder army to get results with, so it's uh, not playing in easy mode. That's for sure. Um, they did have a lot of, so they were very restrictive with the keywords, which actually brought up when they did the FAQ after the Gits book you know, really ramming at home that they had used the keyword 
um, the keywords to prevent units being able to just buff willy-nilly. So um, the exact opposite of like the Seraphon book, you could say, for instance. <laughs> the exact opposite. Um, yeah, they said, yeah, yeah. So, uh, there was an FAQ, wasn't there, they said, um, uh, we, we've intentionally made it so that none of the keywords, um, uh, <laughs> none of the keywords sunk with each other. And um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 cheeky. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You ended up with things like fanatics not being grots and stuff like that. So it was a, uh, a little bit crap in like competitive wise, but yeah, that's just the way it is, I guess. They so yes, they were a harder army to play, and also, but a very nice looking army. So probably one of the best model ranges out there. Uh, and they they got loads of really nice new models with the with their book that came out whatever it was three years ago. So um, I think a lot of the people they were a very popular army as well. Yep. Um, I think one of the one of their best selling ranges actually in Age of Sigma, and uh, but a lot of it was hobby people. You know, people wanted to play squigs and they weren't doing it because they wanted to win tournaments. They just wanted to have fun and run around under the moon, like trying to bite the moon and stuff like that. So it's not, you know, if you go to a tournament wanting to jump over the moon or bite the moon, you're probably not there to win the tournament. Okay. Uh, you've got, you've got your own agenda. So this, this is, a, <laughs> this is for players. This is for players who have their so, own agenda. Is that what you're saying? Sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, like the trog players, I think a lot of the people that played that took up the gloom spike gets would have done it more as a hobby project and more to have fun uh, rather than to be competitive with them. You did have a few people that were that took them up to be competitive, like uh, Richie from Just Play, and he did really well with them. Yeah, yeah so he had a very different he, build. So he was he played like a Magic Castle build because you don't really have any ranged output in a Gits army. Uh, it's like it's no. a very melee centric army. However, what Richard was he built like a magical castle with a um, a, a spider fang wizard on an Arachnorock, uh, and then cast a bunch of endless spells because you had some of the longest range and, and most effective like endless spells available yeah. by Gits in the Moon and um, uh, and Skulltide. and so yeah, like yeah, they probably got some of the best endless spells faction wise uh, of anybody. Mm-hmm. The Arachna Cauldron, Scuttletide, and the Malevolent Moon are just fantastic. And then the, the Nuclear Mushroom, Mork's Magic Mushroom was a bit so-so. But yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so there were a few that did play well. And they did show that if you were prepared to push 200 goblins around, you could uh, get results. So yeah. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I would say, like, we didn't see anyone do overly well with the trogs. It's not to diss the trogs. I know the trog herd will come for me. I'm not dissing them. I'm just saying that they never <laughs> generally performed overly well. Uh, similarly, we got all no. the white dwarf updates, uh, which kind of gave sub factions yes. because you uh, you didn't have sub factions for a long time with the gloom spike gets where everyone else did, um, and so yeah. you didn't get kind of like a, an extra layer of buffs which everyone else had. Um, and I don't think they necessarily added tons to each army. Like they were okay, but like I, I, I don't know. Yeah, they they were actually pretty good. Uh, the squig one was really good because it gave double damage to the jaw attacks, so it did turn them into. I mean, this was basically just before Corona, 
struck so you didn't really get much chance to uh, for people to play them but you did see uh, on TTS you saw a few people doing really well with them with the the blocks of 15 boys yeah so uh yeah really really hitty um actually the squigs and then uh again you didn't see uh much play from the trog herd one but Mork's mega mob was great uh having the it, uh, the battalion there giving you the chance to retreat and charge really useful uh, ability on that so um i think uh i think if people uh, yeah if you'd see more play on the tabletop with them you would have seen more stuff because the rock guts hit like a train and the fell waters are really good too and then you, you would just your only problem was quite often getting through your enemy you just got stuck on the front but having that retreat and charge ability retreat and charge ability um i think uh once people have picked up on that you would have seen a lot more uh fun stuff happening and then uh, there's the poor old grim scuttle spiders which i've run the last couple of times uh and yeah they're probably the weakest uh, they're probably the strongest magic-wise, though, uh, with with the wizard stuff. So you probably, you, I mean, you could have you could have a build built around magic, uh, supported by spider riders, and then just bring in some blocks of goblins and stuff like that. Okay. So. Oh well. Yeah. Well, I just want to thank uh, Sam the Great for subscribing the chat and Fazza. Uh, everyone in the chat very excited to be talking gits with you, Nathan, today. Uh, there's been a load of questions. At what point, uh, one of the questions we had earlier was, at what point did you understand the power of the net? Oh, the net. The net has always been a powerful thing in my books. So in 8th edition, you never saw them. I think they were like a 40-point upgrade for a unit or something like that. For the netters? Yeah, I loved them. I had them all the time. So... Uh, I had them in 8th edition, so that's like, yeah. And then obviously, during Age of Sigma, from this, from the get-go, they were your favourite thing to fight against. <laughs> <laughs> wrong. That is super yeah. wrong. Alright, so... Uh... Yeah, that minus, that, at the beginning, there were not a lot of things that made minus one to hit, uh, and they were just pure gold. I mean, there were some people that took them in that just wanted to run blocks of 60 netters. So <laughs> there was a time then. Yeah. There was a time when people were building up for that. That was, uh, yeah, that was funny, but, uh, yeah, that, that would have been horrendous to be honest. <laughs> so, uh, catch me up. Um, so age Sigma three is launched. Like there's loads of things to break down. I know you have already played in a couple of tournaments and played practice games as well. Uh, so yep. like, it's not like you haven't already like dipped your toe in there and you've been playing with gits in them. So I think I can't think of anyone better to ask really uh, in this situation to, to do a faction reaction. My question is, um, like other than when we get to the pros and cons of playing gits, which is all pros, no cons, uh, I'm sure. Uh, what <laughs> what other things about Age of Sigma 3 do you like? Do you not like? What kind of things have you like thought about? Like things that like have taken your fancy, or like you know, like what's your general impression of it so far? Uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I mean, the the it's uh, a bit more complex now, with especially with all the bookkeeping. So the turn, turn by turn, where you're picking objectives and all of that. 
Um, that is something that personally I've got to probably get a bit quicker with that decision making, mm-hmm. I think. And I think you'll find a, f- a few people will um, will maybe struggle with that side of things. Um, picking uh, battle traits, is it? Yep. Battle tactics. Every turn? Yeah. yeah, battle tactics, that's the one. Yep. Uh, but it's it's enjoyable and it's fun and and yeah I actually enjoy it. The whether or not it's better for gets I guess we'll talk about about that in a bit. But um, the uh, yeah the mechanics of it is good. The uh, the command point um, the reliance on command point command points to do a load of stuff and and the access to all these new command points is very uh, interesting and i think there'll be uh, some cool plays once this gets going okay have you got any of the, uh, yeah. any command abilities that you really like like um or is it all of them like what what is it about the the command abilities you're a big fan of oh what well, the generic ones well obviously probably still a bit dubious about the unleash hell one uh the gits haven't aren't really a, a shooting army so they're what not you've got shooter to... units well, yeah, we have. Until we get a priest, we're not. We're probably not going to be shooting much. Although the fell waters are great for the stand and shoot for the unleash shell because they actually hit on twos. So that being reduced to threes is not a bad. You know, it's still pretty decent. You don't want to be charging into a block of fell water trolls and just get vomited no, all you over. Don't. What's the profile on trolls? So uh, it's twos and threes minus two D3 damage. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you charge that. It's still threes and threes, so half of them are going to hit. Minus two rend is quite decent. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, yep. That, all that. So, yeah, it's still... So there's that Unleash Hell uh, thing is a bit dubious. The ability for Destruction Armies to get access to plus one to hit well uh, particularly the gits so they never had access to that before plus one to hit is really good uh the only problem being that you can't you can't then give that unit any other command abilities so <laughs> so that, that's probably uh uh yeah uh, not as good as i was hoping it would be but there you go um yeah, but having an access to plus one to hit is great, and it's one of the ones that I've used the most. Uh, likewise, actually, all out defense—I don't know. It's probably uh, not so good for the gits. Uh, so some of the well, it's are we on to uh, the winners and losers of gits now? Are we, is that what, let's do that. Let's do. Well, uh, let's do, let's yeah, do winners. Let's, running through the. Com- let's only talk gits because, like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, what are the winners uh, in gits? So winners. So uh, overall winners. Like I say, I've I've been impressed with the trogs. Okay. Uh, Rock guts and fell waters. I've run units of both. They're just reliable. The only problem, and they've got two inch reach, so that that doesn't matter with the coherency so yep. much. Your only problem is that they don't have unit champions. So you do have to babysit them yep. uh, with a decent um, a decent hero that's not just going to get uh, sniped out from behind. So quite often, uh, the, I've been playing with a an Arachnorok general. This has got an 18-inch 
bubble of commandability. Uh, so he can sit quite far behind uh, and babysit the trogs. But yeah, I mean, the trogs having plus one to hit is great. The So I'm quite happy with that. Um, the wizards... Wait, hold on, hold on. So the, guess... so the, so the trogs... So like, because what's the profile? Because we were talking about this earlier, right? So like, the, why, are the tro- why are the trogs particularly good as winners in this book, in this edition, do you think? Well, uh, points-wise, they went up a bit, but not too much. Um, they, they're they just consistent at hitting. So they're both profiles have got twos and... I mean, threes and threes. And then the Fellwater's got minus one doing two damage, and they've got four attacks. So there's loads of attacks from them. Yeah. Now, whereas the Rock Guts are just two attacks each, but it's minus two rend and three damage. So... Uh, the extra rend on them probably, and they're slightly cheaper, and they've got a five up board so, so to me, the rock guts are great. I played during the week. I played uh, with my gets against a stormcast army yep. uh, who had um, Gotrek Gurnison uh, along for the ride, and he ran into five rock guts were left in the unit and uh, didn't manage to kill them. So the five-up ward save is, is proper good. And one of the things that we um, I, I know that we're going to touch on later, just because I don't want you to gloss over it, because I know that like it's something that you expressed to me earlier. One of the things that we've been talking about a lot in Age of Sigma over the past couple of weeks is those god monsters, right? Your two-up armor save, Archeon, uh, ignoring Rem 1, yeah. uh, whatever that is. Uh, and the Rock Guts are already base 8, like um, Ren 2. Base Ren 2. Yeah, and uh, one of the... So the probably one of the best things that the Gloomspike gets have got is a little doll that a madcap shaman carries around with him. And then once the fighting starts, he whips this little doll out of his coat and shows it to the enemy. They drop their shields. And it's amazing because, yeah, so basically it's the moon face momet. You pull it out at the start of the combat phase and you show it to a unit within 12 inches. And it subtracts one. It's a curse they have on them. And they uh, you take one off of their armor save. So it's not rend. Uh, it's just taking one off of their armor save. So it's fantastic. So that would make your rend two trogs become rend three. And obviously the other ones can go bump up them up to effective rend two. You do also have access to a couple of spells which do the same thing. Okay. So... Uh, We've not had the points yet for the Forge World stuff. So the Troll Hag has got a spell which reduces, so makes you minus one to hit, but also reduces your save by one. Uh-huh. So if you can combat, combo that in, that's great. And then obviously our good old favorites, the Gobapalooza. The, the Shroomancer has got a spell that does uh, the same thing. Very short range spell, but yeah. So you can effectively end up with uh, very high-rend uh, melee units. It's all in melee. So, it's all yeah. melee. But yeah, like the Rock Guts doing damage three well, at rend crazy is pretty yeah. amazing. And then does the plus one to hit commandability work on them? Like Yeah, so that's that's where the plus one to hit... Uh, so, well, the spells is not just melee. It's also shooting. The problem is you haven't got anything that shoots really well unless you count vomiting, but that's really short range. Um, or if we get the points, I really think the squig gobber 
is going to be interesting depending on what points it ends up, especially as it's also a monster. Uh, so I'm really uh, keen to see what they do with the forgeable points. If we ever get any, that would be great. But uh, yeah, so what were we saying? Uh, the melee, yeah. So you can quite easily end up with rend two and three on your trogs or basic or give your basic troops rend one. Boingrop pounders go up to rend two. Yeah. Yeah. If you, obviously, if you get the spell in, you could make them rend three, but. Um, yeah, the the thing with the spell and obviously the doll and all of that is it's quite short range. Tw- uh, the doll's the best because it's twelve inches. You don't have to roll any dice. The spells are m- much shorter range. So they're nine inches, and obviously you've got to cast cast the spells. So some armies say no, but uh, yeah, yeah. The moon face vomit is yeah one of the best things they have. Unfortunately, again, so the conditional thing about that is it's carried by madcap wizards only. So for some reason, the other wizards in the army can't carry it. Only these madcaps can carry the doll. So fungoids and them can't. And the madcaps are the ones that have got four wounds and a six-up save. Oh, so you're you're really relying on reducing someone's rend on a four-wound fella. Yeah. And he's got to be about 12 inches away from... Uh, normally, he's buried deep in a big mob of lads. Uh, so he doesn't so... get targeted, you hope. I guess to be fair, yeah. no one really. Un- if you say, "Look, I'm gonna show you my doll," people will not really understand, will they? And and, uh, and focus probably. <laughs> yeah, and then suddenly Nagash keels over because he's been looking at a dodgy doll. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm into that. Good. So, rock guts and fur waters. Uh, I've had a question in the chat. Unleash puke, good yo. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, unleash puke is great. Yeah. Can you have trogs' like battle line? Yes, if you take a trog boss as your as your leader. Okay, all right. Well, then let's let's uh, let me let, let me ask you about. Oh no, it's just, do you know what? it's your thing. Who's the next winner? So trogs winner in your book. Okay, all right. Who's the next winner? Yeah. Um, the loon shrine is a is a winner. Okay. I would say. Well, it's it's uh, a winner and a loser. He, they give some, they take some. So obviously, it can get smashed to pieces. It can. That's a bit sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, uh, but yeah, oh, uh, holy with your own territory. So better. Yeah. So you don't have to hide it. You know, you're not so constricted. You used to have to be twelve inches away from your opponent's territory, mm-hmm. but now you can put it right up there, um, and you can get it a bit closer to the objectives now. So it's great. Obviously, you have to defend it. Uh, which is great, and uh, it's defensible now. It's middle-sized defensive, defensive, so you can put up to thirty models in there. Yeah, uh, garrison. In there. Is there so, is there anyone you would like to garrison inside it though? Like, uh, what's, the po- what's the point of having? Because the loon shrine is still it still does the immune to battle shot bubble, right? So having it closer means that you're immune to battle shot closer to the objectives, which is the the big bonus. Yeah, right? exactly. That's the bonus, and also the uh, the summoning that happens after you've lost units. That can also happen closer to the objectives. So often, well, it's not so often, but every now and again, you summon your units at the end of your turn, <laughs> and that summoned unit tips the balance over whether you control an objective or not. So, okay, being able to do that is great. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah of course. 
yeah. okay, so yeah. Luntrine generally a winner. I would say so. Yeah, I'm quite happy with it. I mean, they have got constrictive with the the summoning now. So it it used to be uh, only bringing back shooters and stabbers. Yep. And then they changed it. If you took the sub factions, uh, the squig one or the Chog one or the Grim Scuttle one, then you could bring back their sort of uh, battle line. So you could bring back Trogs or Spider Riders or Squig Hoppers and Squigerd. Mm-hmm. But now it's it's now depends on who is. So it means if I take an Arachnorok as my general, the only things I can bring back are Spider Riders. I can't. So I used to be able to take an Arachnorok general right. and then still bring back Stabbers. That can't happen anymore. So. And would it be fair to say uh, there isn't a particularly survivable, like, Grot general? Uh, yeah, they're not They're not the toughest. Um, probably probably Scragrot is one of the most survivable. Oh, yeah? Because uh, he's, he's got a four-up save and he's quite little, can hide away behind stuff. He's got sniper rifles, great, great good. He's a great guy. Oh, I like Scrub. He's a cool guy. Uh, so, yeah, quite often I'll have, uh, particularly in second edition, I've not tried with him in third edition, but uh, I would have had, I, I've had people comment several times, uh, oh, I'm not going to bother targeting him because he's he never dies because he's got that four up after damage save. Yeah. Uh, so people just don't bother targeting him. Um, so it's good. Um the other guys are not that great, although the loon boss on Mangler Squigs. Yep. He's got four up. One, he's got one four squig up, or two squigs? Pair of squigs. A pair of squigs, like a pair of testicles. <laughs> and so when when he's on his pair of squigs, yep. he's got a four four up save. Uh which is quite quite savey for a for a goblin. Yep. Kind of dude. Yep. Uh so obviously he can make it a three up if he's gonna have his finest hour. Or any of that sort of stuff, um, or a Mystic Shield, or whatever. Um, and he's bravery ten because he's a bit of a mad lad riding on his big pair of squigs. So, um, so he could use the heroic so, recovery action, probably yeah, a lot more. So he he can heal himself, uh, which is yeah, that's the sort of thing I've struggled with. Every now and again, I'm thinking, oh, my little wizard is wounded. Maybe I should do a heroic recovery and then i'm thinking well no he's only bravery five or something that's not going to happen is it so no. so yeah heroic recovery doesn't normally work with them what's the Arachnorok's um, bravery so Arachnorok is bravery six but if he's the general yeah all Arachno- uh, then all spider fang units within a certain radius get plus two to their bravery so then he becomes bravery eight which is not terrible yeah yeah, I've healed them. I've tried that heroic recovery on that one a couple of times and managed to squeeze it through once or twice, sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So, what are the winners do we think we got? So, well, I do, I have, I do rate the Arachnorok still uh, with the web spinner shaman on. Still, still, still a good piece. Not the flinger one. No, I've yet to try that one. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, everyone else has tried yeah. it, but like, if you yeah. know why, uh, I think 
Did the points go up on that? Probably yeah, did. It did. Yeah. Frostout Phoenix came down. In what it's world? Crazy. It's in crazy what times. Fucking crazy world. Times. Does that make sense? But sure. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So the right rock on Webster and Shaman. You think he's still, especially with the, in their finest hour. Surely, <laughs> it's got to be like plus yeah. one. To, is plus one to hit on it good? Like, what's going on there? Like, is it is it like a monster that's worth taking to do monster stuff? Uh, it's it's a nice monster to take because it's got access to a spell which in which it can use to heal itself. So it's quite... Uh, if I do use it, it's not likely to be going out and fighting stuff. Right. Unless unless it's to go and finish units off. And even then, it's not overly reliable for that. But yeah, so towards end game, uh, when units are depleted, then it's, it's decent enough to go into stuff. Um, so up until then, it just sits back and casts spells and then does monster things. So like monsters take over mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So for that, yes, it's a good piece. It's a reliable spellcaster. Um, it you, I quite often take it with the Arachna Cauldron, so it can re-roll its casting, uh, and it has access to all of the Law of the Moon clans as well. Okay. So it's really good. Yeah. Okay, so you you think it's a winner or just stayed as good? Yeah, I would say it was always a good piece, so it's probably stayed as good as, good as it was. Uh, uh, so winners-wise, uh, the next one I'm going to say is the one that you expect me to say always is the Gobapalooza. <laughs> I mean, I don't expect it. Like, you tell me why they're winners. You tell right, me why so, they're winners. So they went up 10 points, I think, something like that. So they did go up a little bit. For the gang. But for the whole gang. Yeah. But the two wizards that are in the Gobapalooza, so it means now you get two extra wizards. So prior to this, the Gloom Spike gets um, Moon Clan lore said Moon Clan hero wizards only can take this. But in the FAQ, they deleted that sentence okay. and they just said Moon Clan wizards, including unique fellows. Yep. So that's great. So now the Gobapalooza can have access to the Moon Clan law, so it can take spells from the Moon Clan law. Okay. And also there's the generic spell law, so they can make stuff fly, they can do ghost mist, all of that sort of stuff. So have yeah. you thought about getting a block of sixty grots and making them fly? Yes, I have thought about it. And one day it'll happen. At the moment I'm busy playing the spider riders and stuff, but yeah. I think uh yeah, so obviously the Gobapalooza, if you're going to take that, then you're going to want to take big blocks of stabbers and buff them up and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, so the Gobapalooza pairs really nicely, like a fine wine, with... Uh, with, with stabbers, yeah. With stabbers. With stabbers and shooters, mainly what stabbers. About, uh, what about... If you if you did an enhancement, because I've got a couple of questions, because obviously uh, COGS is so vital in a Zinch list, uh, would it be possible to take multiple Gobapaloozas, or did they fix that? Oh, yeah, you can still take multiple Gobapaloozas. And then my next question is, is could you could you then, like, take an, um, a Chronomantic COGS, which is going to give you an additional cast per per wizard? So could you take many a Gobapalooza a chronomantic cogs and kind of build like a spell portal spell casting castle is what i'm asking yeah it's just what spells would you cast i guess you could take the endless spells as well yeah 
So scuttle tide is still great. It's very expensive now. So it went up from 30 to 85 points. Wow. Wow. Um, Over the moon about that. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> uh, it's, it's still a great spell, though. Uh, and if yeah, if you can, I would still try and squeeze it in. Uh, the Malevolent Moon also went up significantly in points. Uh, but it used to be a really uh, long-range spell. And they've reduced it now, so it's quite short range. So it's probably less less useful. Still decent, but it's not not anywhere near as good as Skull Tide was. Just it's still brutal, uh, being a long range spell. Uh, and then uh, the uh, Arachna Cauldron. Uh, they changed it from giving you plus one to cast to re-rolling your casting, unbinding, and dispelling. Mm-hmm. So. I think it might actually be a little bit better than than it was before. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the bloody mushroom thing. Uh, Mork's still... Mighty Mushroom. MMM. Yeah, it's still about the same as it ever was. It uh, There might be some play... It's, the problem is it's super expensive as well. And and it does depend a lot on the meta. So if, if we do see the meta going towards block uh, blocks of people as opposed to elite troops or monsters with multi-wounds, then the mushroom would be tempting. Uh, but otherwise, I, I don't think it's worth the points. Not at the moment. Well, I mean, like Pete said in the chat, obviously your spells had to go up because otherwise the faction would have got completely out, out like over the top. <laughs> it, arguably already yeah. doing far too well. So I'm glad that they brought yeah. the, the menace that was the scuttle tide um uh down to heal yeah to heal yeah uh yeah because what would those 30 sentinels do Uh, faced with a scuttle tide terrified is what they'd be (laughs) they'd live a life in fear yeah Yeah, i do think they got carried away but they do seem always to be fairly strict with the gits i mean you look at the points rises on shooters and stabbers Mm. And then you compare that to. I've got a thought about this. If I if you if I can tangent it a bit for a moment, yeah, Um, let you have some cider. Is you know what you've worked on site, right? Or you've worked in that job with those two different guys, yeah. You've got the guy who's always fucking about, and the guy that just kind of gets on with it, yeah. And the guy that's fucking about, you kind of have to keep more of an eye on. So even though. They don't even get, like, even though you're keeping an eye on him, he doesn't really do anywhere near as much as the guy that just fucking gets on, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The guy that gets on is just fine. I like, whereas you kind of have to put a whole bunch of extra shit on the guy who barely does anything anyway. I kind of feel like yeah. that's that's what I'm saying about <laughs> Gips. They were like, look, these motherfuckers are mad as hell. If we let them dominate the top tables, life's going to be unruly. We want... Really, like, dry Lumineth players who, you know, like, whatever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get so. Can, I, I'm just asking if that maybe is why you think maybe it's gone that way. Yeah, definitely sounds plausible. Yeah, them bastards think that we are up to no good all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and we probably are. <laughs> They're not wrong. Uh, thanks to Ivan Good Demon Honest for raiding the show. Big love to you. Uh, it does a show. You should go check it out. That's super nice of you. Thanks. Uh, all right. So other winners. Rock Guts winner. Ragnarok winner. 
what else do we think are winners in this book? Hmm. Uh, so, uh, command points are great. So, probably fungoids are just as useful as they ever were. They were useful before. I don't know if you could cast them as a winner, but they're not. They're not a loser, that's for sure. Okay. Um, and then Scragrot also does a similar thing, although you do have to make him your general. Um, the interesting thing about Scragrot, and I've I've not tried him in three yet, but uh, they did FAQ him so that. Um, his ability to change the moon is now just an ability. It's not command ability. Okay. Is that better or but worse? It's, obviously, that's better. You're saving command points. Uh, although uh, the phase that it happens in is not in anybody's turn. It's not really in the battle round. So it's in that phase when you don't have command points anyway. So, yeah. So they, they did need to do that. Okay. So, so you're not losing anything. You're not really gaining anything. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's still only once per round. So it's a bit, it's not as good as some other people's abilities in life. But, it, yeah, that's good. The moon is, yeah, the moon is, when the moon is on the field, uh, it is a good thing for your army. Because, obviously, that's your free, your free rules that every other army gets. Their allegiance abilities. Uh, the only problem is you don't get it all the time yes if at all so in order so just for people who might be new in order for the gits to be affected by their allegiance ability which is the moon it needs to be in the table quarter or half that they're in um uh what about the when the moon is in the sky like a large pizza pie nathan is a question from old man tim (laughs) any any comment on that oh then i get a real glint in my eye (laughs) show somebody my doll <laughs> okay. Uh, what about now? Uh, plus one to hit. Oh no, sorry. You tell me about other winners. Tell me about other winners. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the stabbers win. Uh, winners. Mm. Don't know. Are we we concentrating on winners. Well, we'll do losers after. So, like. Yeah. I uh, don't know. Uh... Because they because Gits had such an anarchic playstyle anyway before. Yeah. Like they weren't good. For everyone at home, they weren't, oh, sorry, they weren't competitive at the competitive level because the numbers just supported that they weren't, no matter who tried to push them around. Like, so, like, that's just that story, like, carte blanche. So, kind of, it's like it's a tough sell because it's like, what got better? Well, I don't, I, you know, like, it wasn't good to start with. Like, obviously, it was brilliant. I'm not saying it's not. Like, so, like, I feel like surely, like, plus one to hit command ability has, has brought up the effort. I know everyone else has also got that. Um, I don't mm. want to be the all-out attack guy, but I feel like surely there's some units because it felt like to hit was maybe one of the issues in Gits, or is that not really true? Yeah, yeah, having having so having the access to plus one to hit, um, that is what when the rumors came out that that like everybody was having access to that, I was like yes, because then yeah, I think uh, putting that onto units of stabbers or yeah, and shooters. Um, all the all the squig guys, they already hit hard uh, just to make them more reliable. There was the the thing that really hurt Gits armies was when they were fighting against minus one to hit because they are back. Uh, <laughs> we are backity back back. Uh, we had a small technical issue there um, that happens sometimes. Uh, apparently, they couldn't handle the truth of the Gits. That's the internet. Uh, Nath, sorry, we were at the plus one to hit I don't want to be that guy moment, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's right. So I was, 
I was saying that uh, the Gits army really hated being subjected to minus one to be hit, uh, like a lot of armies, but then uh, quite a few armies could counter that with access of their own to plus one to hit. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just, when when I heard that rumor, I was super like rubbing my hands together because I was thinking about my big blocks of stabbers being threes and twos and chucking out mortal wounds. But the unfortunate thing is, once you give that command ability to them, you can't give them another command ability. So now I've got to choose whether I give them the plus one to hit, or if I give them the mortal wound buff. Oh, right. I see. So they didn't, so, they didn't get the same... Like they, They've got to choose between the two. And the mortal wound yeah. buff, surely, is the good one, right? Yeah, well, it depends on what you're fighting. Obviously, if I'm fighting hordes of naked people that uh, have got no armor save, and I've shown them my doll... <laughs> And then it's all good. Then yeah, I'm gonna gonna give them plus one to hit. But at the moment, everybody's also got this other thing called all-out defense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so everybody's got loads of armor as well. Um, so except for the gits. And so uh, the mortal wound one is more is is still better. And so I'm still hitting on fours. So. I mean, they really shafted the stabbers, to be honest, because they put them up by 20 points or something. So stabbers are losers. 20 yeah. points for 20. 20 points extra for yeah. 20. Yeah, so 150 points. For 20. Uh, they were, yeah, they're pretty terrifying in a fight, as as people will attest to. But they they put them up 20 points and they debuff them. So the stabbers, are, when they're in a big block, they get plus one to their armor save because of their shields. Yeah. But that is plus one to their armor save. So you can't all out defense then give them a mystic shield or an all-out defense. Or they also carry a banner that gives them plus one to save against shooting. So you can never make them better than a five-up save. Oh, you can stack loads of pluses to plus one to hit to save on them. But you can never make them better than a five-up save, which I guess is thematic. But then maybe they should be priced that way. And then... So there's that side of it, which is, uh, you know, some other armies you'll see when they're in a in a bigger block, their save becomes a five up yep. as opposed to plus one save. And that would be nicer for the gits. But uh, no, fuck those guys. And then so the other thing is uh, they also then the gits had um, when they're in bigger blocks. So for when you had 15 or more, you'd get plus one to wound. And then once you had more than 30, I think it was, you got plus two to win. So really good. Obviously less good now. Uh, but still, there's quite a few armies that got minus one to wound as a as, a, as, as an a ability. Yeah, now. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more common uh, as a debuff to, to you. And so that would still counteract that and still give you the, the plus one to wound. But instead what they've done is they've reduced the number of gets you have to have in the unit so it's only 10 but i mean that that doesn't matter once they get to that low they're not that good anyway and then you can only ever get plus one to wound mm -hmm. so to me in, to me that feels like yeah it's a bit of a debuff again i would have preferred the old rules uh to be honest so yeah so i think stabbers uh, obviously gone up in points and probably just as hard, if not a bit harder to use 
if you're going to use them, you want to get the the buff, the little buff chains going. And uh, so that involves units of Sneaky Snufflers, Spore Splatter Fanatics, and a Loon Boss. So you've got to factor all of that into when you're when you're taking your blocks of stabbers. If yeah, you know, and then you probably want a madcap to stand there with a doll, possibly the shoemancer to come along. Um, they don't get the pluses, so they don't they don't get the battle shock stuff. Um, so is it fair to but, say? Is it fair to say we think that the the stabbers basically are losers? Like they lost out a lot Bec- yeah. because oh. not only because be, not only because they lost access to some stuff they previously had, but they're also not able to use a lot of the core abilities which everyone else is able to use. Well, yeah, I mean they can use them, but they don't get the benefits that a lot of the other armies that a lot of other units. Yeah, because because uh, yeah, because basically stabbers are on a five up armor save. And if you stick a Mystic Shield on there, ignore Ren 1. If you all like defense, they ignore Ren 2. But it's a 5-up armor save. Where if you had a unit that was previously a 4-up armor save, it's now a 3-up armor save if you use Mystic Shield. And then if you use all out defense, it's a 3-up armor save ignoring Ren 1. It's just way better. Like, it's way, way better. Yeah. Okay, that's that's yeah. really rough. Do you think, like, someone in the chat has said, like, and I, I wonder, because now that you're talking about it, like, I'm like, I was like, oh, 150 points for 20 wounds. And I was like, okay, 300 for 40 wounds and it's 215 for for 10 pink horrors which is 50 wounds and i was like comparing it to other stuff and like wardens and other things and i know like mm. wardens are pretty killy on their own what? whereas the gits yeah. like you like you said you've got to pay for a madcap you've got to pay for a loom boss you've got to pay for snufflers like on top so you're really fucking adding the points on to that unit to do okay damage or like pretty good damage but like good damage good damage yeah, yeah. they they still do good damage um, but it's a lot yeah. of points on top on like some fairly weak yes. characters. So like, do, yeah. do you think like the the stabbers war scroll like needs like a rework a bit, or like the shooter war scroll needs a rework a bit, or do you think like they just want you to play squigs and trogs? Uh, well, yeah, at the moment they probably want you to play squigs and trogs, um, and trogs are probably more interesting <laughs> at the moment uh but yeah it, yeah i think they are wanting you not to play with the big blocks of of dudes um they yeah they are just a harder a harder army to make work they're a good defensive army uh but going out there and taking stuff uh is is harder for for the the git side, the stabbers side, oh. and the shooters are just just not good. At <laughs> oh all. no, uh, no! Yes. Who would have thought tiny goblins just firing teeny tiny arrows into the air would suck? Uh- <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they've never been particularly good. True, they're now so it's twenty. Oh, I mean, it's twenty wounds for one hundred and forty points, but it's a six up save, uh, and just there's no. There's no output from them. Yeah, and there's Sorry. no defense yeah. either. So like, they're not contributing to well, summoning. They're yeah, not contributing can... to yeah. like, they're not contributing to anything in any way, right? Yeah, I yeah. The you can put netters in there, but I don't think it really matters. Stuff will go through them. Uh, everybody's got access to plus one to hit now. Yeah. So that counter counteracts your netters. So as well. Uh, so people can get around netters. Um, yeah, to yeah, in my 
to me, it just feels like the, that's the git side of the army has taken a bit of a, a thumping. Okay, that's rubbish. Yeah. Uh, I so what else have you got there? So the other thing that is possibly interesting is the fanatics. Uh, I did run a small unit of fanatics, um, but then so one of the one of the things you could do is hand a Gorky unit over and then uh, release the fanatics out, and then you've got only a six-inch charge or seven-inch charge, something like that. Oh, wait, holy within three. So, yeah, it would be a six-inch charge. Uh, but now there's this Unleash Hell thing, uh, and fanatics die very fast to guns. So, um, so yeah, not very good if there's a shooting army or anything that can shoot nearby. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, because you release them, and they're like they're meant to be fragile. So, like, if you don't strike yeah. first with them, they die. Uh, but then unleash hell on the fanatics. Oh, that's a rough time. Hadn't thought about that. Yeah. So uh, fanat. So uh, and then that would normally because again you've got no range. So those were your sort of ranged threats. Again, quite a lot of points. Hundred and forty points or something like that for five dudes, one wound each, six up save. So a lot of points. Sure, they do loads of damage, but. Uh, if anybody turns around and, and has a go at them, they die. Uh, and so it doesn't take much shooting. In fact, you, probably a unit of shooters could probably kill them. And that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> so. Perfect. We found the balance. Just shooters versus fanatics. We're all having fun. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So to me, to me, uh, that's my thoughts on the git side of things that the stabbers... Uh, the stabbers and the shooters uh, and their hangers-on are, are probably a little bit behind the curve. Uh, yeah. so, so if we look at the squigs, squig side, the loom boss on Mangler is obviously a really good monster. And he's a hero monster, so he can take things like the five-up ward thing, probably a good thing. He's got good bravery, so he's something that can use the heroic recovery command ability really well. He gets better when he gets more wounded like what when he's really badly wounded so his degradation chart is not too too bad for him obviously he can also use the 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 command ability where they fight at their top profile anyway so if they're in the middle of the thing um and then his command ability is an aura command ability so really good with squigs uh squig units so uh, possibly pairing him with another loon boss on Mangler or a Mangler Squigs monster or units of Boingrop bounders um, or possibly even hoppers. I've not really looked at taking the hoppers that much, but yeah, uh, pairing him with them is quite good because then you can still use the all out attack and his uh, command ability on his war scroll, which is an aura. So they can actually be affected by more than one command ability, which is great for them. That's good because, like, yeah. it feels like that that wasn't built in the other way. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I would say the loon boss on Angler Squig is still solid. Did go up in points to account for it, so he's over three hundred points now. What? But, Tell but me, he's, he's got three fifteen. Uh, he's probably something crazy like that. I don't know. <laughs> 
for sure. <laughs> Just don't, don't, don't um, forget, the baseline is a Frostheart Phoenix. And not in a, sorry, in a Frostheart Phoenix at 315. If I don't think the Mangler, listen, all love to the Mangler, but if he's not as good, um, and if he's less, like if he's more livid, we riot. We riot in the streets <laughs> on Freedom Day. That's what we do. Three hundred. 310. Oh, that's fine. That five points has brought balance <laughs> back to the force. And you can put down your writing sticks, lads. It's all okay. Uh, all right. So, okay. Sorry, Nate. Carry on. 310, yeah. So, uh, I've used them a few times. I'm pretty happy with them. Uh, point drop bounders. I've used a unit of 10. Yep. I, still th- I, I still think they're good. For their points. What's going on with the coherency um, issue? Have they both of all of their attacks two inch range? Not all of their attacks. So yeah, that's the problem with the point drop bounders is now you lose uh you got the potential to lose the because they're on thirty twos unless you do like a weird zigzaggy line mm. sort of thing and squeeze them in tight together. You're likely to try and likely to use lose some of their the mount attacks. Yeah which are a, de- a decent attack. But then the, the riders have got a lance. So on the charge, they're pretty good. Uh, obviously, they love it if there's a dude standing close by with a doll because they've got rend. Yep. Uh, and then they they are particularly like the all-out attack command ability. They also do mortal wounds on the charge. But they did all of this sort of stuff before. So are they any better than they were before? No, because you can't take them in as bigger units. Yep. You can only take the maximum unit size is ten. Sad. And and obviously the coherency thing does for them. Because you, once you they lose get, some once you yeah yeah. So would you take them in a unit five? Because they do come in fives. They're probably probably not. I don't. Well, it does depend a lot if if everybody else's units are getting smaller. Then a unit of five could be fairly scary. Especially, so you can buff them with snufflers, so and that that affects the mount and the the rider. Mm-hmm. So five of them could be going in with uh, six attacks each. So thirty attacks. Then you would give them the plus one to hit all out attack. And if you had the loon boss on Mangler Squigs nearby, he could use his buff, give them plus one to wound. So it would be twos and twos. So yeah, I guess. Uh, Units of five would be interesting, uh, but uh, it does depend on how the meta goes. Would that still be enough to go through high armor save? Because it's still only rend one. Yeah, of course. Uh, and 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 you're losing, you're losing that shock that they used to have because they used to go in and do a load of mortal wounds on the charge. Yep. Obviously, the smaller the unit, that's less likely to be as much of a shock. Yeah, so that, which is why people wanted to take fifteen, right? As they did in AOS yeah. two, because you would yeah, just yeah, do yeah. loads of mortal wounds, do a bunch of attacks as well, and like the mortal wounds are kind of included in your damage, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, the mortal wounds as you roll for every model in the unit that's charging your your point got bounder unit, yeah. and on a four up they do a mortal wound. So obviously, if you're taking a fifteen, you're looking at seven or eight mortal wounds on average, which is yeah, enough to knock a monster down a few pegs, or yeah, or stop a you know make a unit that you're charging into a lot less uh, scary, uh, and it gets through armor saves nicely. 
so that's that's not going to happen because you're not you can't take units of 15 you can only reinforce them once mm. uh so the other other units in the squeak obviously the snufflers snufflers are just still really good they went up five Chef's points kiss. but they're yeah they're uh to me they're just a really good unit um if you look at them as a gits unit if don't compare them to other books it's fine they're great so they're 75 points for 12 wounds is great yeah. and and they buff admittedly it's a 12 inch holy within buff and the for some reason they're not allowed to move if they do the buff whereas everybody else like war chances are still allowed to move after they've buffed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then also uh, once they start losing models then you have to start rolling a dice and roll less than the number of dudes that's in the in the unit so you know it's not other many other buffing units that do this but that that might be why they're 75 as opposed to 100 points or something like that yeah but yeah yeah they're, they're great uh i still rate stufflers and the fact that they only went up five points is is great they're still yeah, if anything, they're just a uh, proper good unit. Okay, good. Uh, and then you've got the squig hoppers. So the squig hoppers have changed quite a lot from... Well, so the big change there is they've gone from units of 5 to units of 10. Okay, as a base. Yeah, so uh, you they're faster than your Boingo Pounders. Um, but obviously you've paid more for taking them in a unit of 10. So... The, f the thing about the whole army as a whole is you've lost a lot of cheap throwaway units that you used to have. Yep. So you used to have a small... You could take units of five Boingo Brown of Squid Coppers and, yeah, it would be uh, 90 points or whatever it was. And it would be a throwaway sort of unit. Yeah, a trading unit. But also, yeah. yeah. But also, it's not bad in a fight. It's got 10 attacks. I've got Rend 1. Okay. Uh, yeah. So decent and then it got a really cool rule where when it flies because they all fly when they fly over something they kick it in the head and on a four up they do these mortal wounds okay uh so really good except now you've got to take bigger blocks so sure you're going to be doing more mortal wounds but you know it's a bigger block that is worth more points that you don't want to just throw it away you don't so it's 180 points which wounds per point is seems decent yeah. so that's ted so it's 20 wounds for 180 points for a flying unit that seems yeah that's decent oh but it's only got a six up save and it's bravery four <laughs> <laughs> i was thinking this a minute so, ago you know like like so like they're like right they're gifts they're not allowed an armor save you're like all right fair enough and also they got super low bravery and you're like okay any mechanics to stop that they're like no fucking live your life it just like 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 I, I get it i get the theme right they're like why would a horde of gits mm. be anywhere near as brave as like the chosen of sigma but then like the difference is pretty phenomenal like that bravery four is going to be rough because you lose one you're just losing more on top like why can't you just start us like mm. yeah man okay that yeah well yeah i mean you would say you would think that squigs are just too nuts to be scared and it's not like the goblins on top are actually controlling them. True. But yeah, for some reason, squig squigs are very scared things. So there you go. Unless they're mangler squigs, in which case they're bravery 10. So who knows? 
Este logic? Nu e logic. A zis cum logic. <laughs> zic cum <că mă> logic. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's done. There's none. Uh, but yeah. would you, so would you say the, the squig side, like, I mean, like Nick's in the chat, big shout out to Nick uh, Thompson, uh, saying, what do I do with my 45 bounders now? There were people who built like 45 uh, Boingrots lists, obviously, because you also had the Jaws and Mork sub-faction. So you, that was also yeah. plus one damage, which you've also lost, right? So it feels yes. like the squigs yeah. are also in a losing position because they lost, they lost their sub-faction to make them stronger. Well, yeah. The, well, the sub faction is there, so they can still re-roll their their uh, their random moves, which is which is pretty okay. good. The only problem is that so the, the but the great thing in that sub faction was the battalion, and that's gone, uh, and that's the one that doubled the damage right, okay, of the jaws. Yeah, that's it. So that's gone, uh, and then that thing also corrals you into a weird command trait. I think you can re-roll your battle shocks or something if you're within 12 of the general. Rubbish. It doesn't matter what you roll, it's going to be bad for you. And then the uh and then it comes with an artifact, uh, a screaming a screamer squig or something. So you can point it at something and then you get plus one to hit against that. And you think, "Oh, that's quite good." But then you realize, "Oh, this only applies to the rider." <laughs> And so you'd be like, oh, well, so that means that my loon boss can point it at some at, at him and he can go and get plus one to hit with his sickle, which has got no rend. And uh, so it's a bit cuck, uh-huh. really. So, yeah, yeah. So why would you use that? Yeah, it's just, yeah, just cuck crap. Okay. So, yeah, so uh, it's still tempting to take it because it does make your movement more reliable. But uh, sometimes I think I'd rather take the the normal the w- without the sub faction, and then I can have access to other command abilities and command traits uh, from the from the standard thing. Yeah. So yeah, squig wise, uh, yeah. So I'm not not particularly sold on the squig hoppers. Uh, I do. I do wonder if there's some um, some play in because there is they they do have a lot of mortal wound potential with all the charging and flying over stuff, but whether you're going to get enough movement for that and enough models on the board to be able to get enough mortal wounds out of them, I, I don't know. Um, and you, uh, like a good opponent, will probably be able to play against that. So I do see the 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 gits being hit. The squigs are probably not as good, although the plus one to hit thing is interesting. Maybe on a like an MSU army, loads of units of five Boingrop bounders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so then we go to the trogs. We've already said the basic trogs are just big thumbs. Thumbs big up. Big thumbs. Really. Yeah, I think points per pound or whatever they are, they're just a solid thing. Uh, being able to use the Unleash Hell on the Fell Waters is nice. Being able to use All Out Attack or All Out Defense on them is also all yeah, good. Yeah, Mystic Shield will work um, really well on them as well. Yeah. Uh, the heroes are not particularly great, but then maybe you just want them to... They're fairly survivable, so maybe you just want them to stand around behind 
because that's your problem is you need heroes to babysit them because they've got no unit champs and they're not elite. Yeah. So that that is your weak point. So you need to make sure you invest in decent heroes because um, if you're just taking madcap shamans or something, they are liable to get sniped out. Uh, so you need maybe that's where the trog boss uh, is maybe a bit more useful. Mm. Uh, and I think his command ability is also an aura. Um, I have a quick look at that actually because I think it's um, a reroll aura, which is quite good. Let me double check. Um, then cold. Well, while you do that, there's a question coming from the chat uh, from Fuzzy Vibes. The Trog Boss can grab a specific model stonks for the coherency uh, for being able to. I think I think that's true, Fuzzy Vibes, for any model that can pick unit models out of units. I think uh, that's why you see the Blood Rat Viper in Daughters of Cain armies quite consistently, uh, even though it's fairly expensive in a fairly elite army anyway. Because it's just its ability to just smack, like, that, and if you're new and you're not quite sure what I mean, if you remove models out of a unit, you can make it break coherency on purpose, uh, which is the only way you can do so, and then you can kind of just take half the unit off. Cheeky little play. Star Drakes can eat stuff. Loads of good plays. Loads of good plays. Yeah. Yeah, So, and the Trog Boss is actually quite good at that. Um, he can actually take quite decent sized things up to six wounds if you roll lucky but um more likely to be able to do it with one and two wound models a lot easier so yeah that's great and yeah his command ability is reroll ones as an aura i think unless they faq'd it which i don't think they did so um yeah so that's great so uh, it being an aura means that he can issue that command ability and then if you've got another hero nearby that could give them the plus one to hit command ability. They could be hitting on twos, re-rolling ones, which is a very reliable way of hitting things. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's so, really reliable, right? Twos, re-rolling ones. Yeah. 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 It's uh, one of the best ways to hit something, apparently. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Trogs, I think, probably the least effective uh, yeah affected uh in a in a bad way um and then so then we move on to the grim scuttles and uh yeah i actually uh quite i've enjoyed the the, the spider fellas yeah i've enjoyed using them so i've used them for my last couple of practice games uh the spider riders so if you take the grim scuttle Allegiance ability, they ignore spells on a 5-up. That's great. Um, quite uh, quite useful in this day and age of everybody casting bloody spells. Uh, so yeah, I like that. The Spider Riders themselves are fairly cheap for 100 points. So there's your throwaway units if you want them. Uh, and they do... And they do okay, right? They do. They do okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been surprised by their effectiveness fighting off uh, units of liberators for at least a turn longer than they should have. Uh, going toe to toe to units of uh, pink horrors, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I have my pink horrors specifically, which I did not enjoy. Uh, and Pete says, Unit 5 Spider <laughs> is a decent little trading screen early game. Decent for gets anyway. I think it is, right? Like, a little bit of yeah. damage, a yeah. little bit of shooting. And if you leave them alone, they could do some, they could do some stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, uh, and because they come in units of five, it's only one inch. Uh, coherency is only one model. So uh, if you string them out in a toe-to-tail sort of situation, they uh, yeah they go they go quite far. You can cover quite a lot of board space to to put down a screen. Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been really happy with my units of five, and uh, I'm not. I doubt you'll get uh, there's any profit in taking them and you know, like reinforcing the unit and taking them in mm-hmm. tens. Although uh, casting the gift of the the spider venom spell on them, which doubles their venom damage, and then you get a once per game ability where they are affected by the light of the moon, even if it's not on the table, as part of your grim scuttle allegiance ability. Uh, having them doing the spiders doing two attacks and every five doing two mortal wounds uh, is actually quite effective. So um, it's kind of tempting to take them in a unit of 10 just to see what they do. But, but it's I, super low bravery, my, right? And armor. Yeah. 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 My suspicion is that, that that's not going to be, uh, not going to be a very good way to play them. But yeah, units of five for 100 points, they're great. And they come with a base armor save of a five up. So, yeah, which is uh, which is actually quite good. Uh, so you can make them four up pretty easily with all-out defense and cover and stuff like that. Yeah, four up save it's a hundred points, right? For for five. Yeah. So yeah, two wounds each. Yeah, two so. wounds each. So ten wounds for a hundred points. Like, and you can get them in other ways, but it's also they're also fast, right? Movement twelve, eight. No, movement ten, right. ten. Yeah, movement 10, um, and they ignore terrain, they, and they come with a full command. So of the drummer gives them plus two to move, so when they are running, they're movement 12. It just makes a nice like, uh, trading unit. Like not, They're not shadow stalkers. Yeah. They're not that, but they are that, that, that harpy unit where they run, they grab those two centers, like, you know, they hold it for turn as you move up, like you're kind of like gits or your rock guts or whatever then they take them off and then you can kind of counter charge that's a nice light that's a nice yeah. unit yeah redeploy away all of that sort of stuff they've got two shots each which i mean it is fives and fives but every now and again they plink something off uh and yeah not bad especially if the moon is shining on them not too bad to go into and scare some of those um the small support characters at the back. But yeah, so Spider Riders uh, have come out fairly, fairly okay, basically because their points didn't go and up. And because uh, really. they're just and, hot trash. And, and they're, they're cheap, hot trash. And they can just, yeah, they're cheap and, and they can make fairly good use of the command abilities. Yeah, being able to redeploy with them is really fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah. Now you, I know you've been running a list, um, and, and also just just so we're aware the Trogoth Princess. Um, so that's a Forge World. We're pretty certain all the Forge World stuffs getting thrown in the sea, which is pretty sad news for us all. Um, so like Legended, mm. um, which is pretty sad at the moment because they haven't had any points update. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. So you can't really make any comment on that at the moment because I know someone will ask, mm. um, which is pretty rubbish. Um, uh, I know you've been running some lists as well. Like, what kind of lists have you been looking at running at the minute? So the last list I've been running, uh, which I've had some 
some fun games with and uh, not felt totally outclassed with has been a, a Ragnarok with a web spinner um, on his back with his shrine as the general. And he has had the... Um, I had been using the Master of Magic on him, but um, I think uh, uh, because of the the way the Arachnid Cauldron works, I can drop that now and give him one of the other command traits. Uh, so I'm not sure which one, because Master of Magic might let you re-roll your casting. But if you've got the Cauldron, you can re-roll it anyway. So quite often he'll have he'll summon a Cauldron. So I've got the Cauldron in there as well. Um, and then I've got two Madcaps um, with Hand of Gork. Both. So I've got the Spell Enhancement. So I've got a Warlord Battalion. So they've both got Hand of Gork for redundancy. And then one of them's got Itchy Nuisance. And the other one's got uh, the Great Green Spite. Mm -hmm. Um and then the the spider obviously can summon the cauldron and access all the other spells, particularly Squigglure, because I've got a loon boss on Mangler Squigs, and then t ten boing drop bounders, mm -hmm. and a unit of sneaky snufflers to buff those, and be like a a unit at the back, three units of spider riders, mm -hmm. and then uh, two units of troll of trogoths, so one unit of six fell waters and one unit of six. Rock guts. Uh, yeah. And then the, the spider has also got from the spider fang law. He's got the spell where he can heal himself. And then I've been uh, mixing it up between sneaky distraction, which is the minus one to hit aura, and another spell that they have, which is where you automatically fail your to hit and to save rolls on a one and a two instead of just a one interesting so i've been tr trying it out because there's a lot of stuff with a two up armor save i think is what you're going to say unless it's my internet that went and not yours nath uh but if i'm still here and nath's not i think what nathan's saying is that's a really interesting spell because removing the ability for anyone to save on a two up um uh when you've got so many people save stacking on two ups is actually pretty fun um, and you could do some really st fun stuff with it. <laughs> I like how on the most regular show that we do, we're having the most problems today. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> hey, Nath, how you doing, bud? Hello, can you yeah, hear me? Yeah, we can, man. Uh, so, yeah, you were just saying yeah. that uh, the Gift of the Spider God's a really interesting one, actually. Yeah, so uh, I've not used it really <laughs> that much, but I have looked at it and thought... If I'm playing against somebody like Archeon or Nagash or, you know, those, there's a lot of monsters out there that seem to be really good at stuff, either hitting on twos or saving with a one or a two. And if I can cast that spell on them, obviously, that turns them into basically a three up uh, for either of those, saving or hitting. So, yeah. So it's an interesting one. Um yeah, uh, and then the yeah, that's my list. The obviously the loon boss is is fairly cheeky on the ch uh, in a fight, um, and uh, the boingrop bounders are also decent in a fight, especially if they're fighting near the loon boss, because then he can use his plus one to wound bubble, 
Uh, and then if he's charged, he gets bonuses to hit innately to his balls and chains. And then they can use the all-out attack on theirs. So uh, so I've got maximizing all of those little buffs. Uh, he's getting his innate plus one to hit. They've got a plus one to hit from all-out attack. And then we've got the Loon Boss command ability plus one to wound. So a lot of the attacks will be twos and twos. Oh, why is the uh, loot possibility plus and, one to wound? So in their finest hour, does it even matter? Fuck. <laughs> that sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then it's, yeah, they're in their finest hour is really there for the plus one <laughs> to save. So Yeah, I know yeah. what I mean. But then the plus one wound is also class, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then because he's bravery 10, uh, he's that heroic recovery thing is really good on him uh yeah so i'm pretty pleased with that combo um and obviously key snufflers are there as well just to buff one of them give them plus one attack uh more often than not to the boingo bounders because it just multiplies out more yeah of course. Uh, basically each each model gets an extra two attacks so yeah amazing yeah. amazing it's so it doesn't sound like gits are in the strongest place ever but Two things that really struck me there, which I thought was interesting in a kind of counterpick meta, is the access to some massive rend in an armor that stacks saves, uh, in a meta, sorry, that stacks saves. And also the the failing on ones and twos actually, I find pretty fascinating, sne sneaky distraction. So if you can get that off again on one of those god monsters that's on that two up, ignoring rend one, you'd be like, cool, you're still, like, I don't even need any rend. That might be that situation where you do actually get plus one attack on uh, or plus one to hit sorry on you on all of your gits or whatever so that you yeah. can just give them as many dice as possible i think that that's pretty fascinating um uh so i think like again i don't think that they sound like they're in the strongest place especially with points and keywords and everything else but it does sound like maybe you could have some fun play and also just sick rock guts just taking out the god of death sounds like that could be really fun to do yeah, I uh, the rock guts got involved the one time I did kill Nagash, but although it was actually the stabbers that did, uh, and the mangler squigs did loads of work against him, but I think the stabbers probably would have done that on their own. So yeah, in the right situation, the stabbers are terrifying still. Um, and yeah, uh, they. Uh, I did fight against a Gotrek and basically yeah he's still terrifying for that army uh probably the boing got bounders were the best unit to fight against him but they were on the wrong side of the field <laughs> and he did kill all the trolls but he did take a long time to do it so um and in the meantime they 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 killed lots of uh heavily armored storm stormcast because uh there was a little wizard standing nearby with a doll and uh yeah I still think that doll is one of the best things the gits have got. <laughs> Me too. Me too at this stage. All right, Nate, thanks so much for taking us on an intimate deep dive as a faction reaction for Gloomspike Gits. And also thanks for everyone for joining us for our Monday show. Our normal Monday show will resume next week. I just wanted to try and make sure I got Nathan on specifically to talk about the gits. And I also wanted to make sure that we try to... I'm trying to nail all the faction reactions this week uh, just to make sure that they're done um, uh, Like, and you guys are enjoying them. And listening to players who love their armies intimately and they like, can give you some um, uh, loads of stuff. Um, uh, we Nathan, you and me did see the Cruel Boy model, the new one, the 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 rider riding the uh, the what is it like the poverty the, the poverty yeah, yeah. Lord of Change, the, uh, <laughs> the the working class Lord of Change. That's what it looked like, right? 
Oh, he was great. Well, he had bits of a lot of change on him. He did. He had, yeah, he'd been through one already, so yeah. To me, it's an upgrade on a lot of change, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. As as the proud owner of many a cruel boy, uh, I also am very, very excited about it. But maybe we could talk more about it on another show. Uh, that means these things are self-contained. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, uh, like everyone else, you, you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Any shout-outs you want to make? Uh, I'll shout out all them lads in the in Scragrot's Asylum. We're having a great time pushing gits around and trogoths and squigs and spiders and just having a good time in the dank hole. <laughs> this is the gits WhatsApp group where 250 people are admins and therefore it's mutually assured destruction and no one knows what's going on, uh, which is the safest or worst place on the internet. Uh, well, I'm going to thank everyone in the Twitch chat. Thanks for joining me live. Obviously, also Arthur Vergalis. Uh, I'm going to make sure I throw that in there. Um, uh, I'm going to, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, sorry to interrupt the regular Monday uh, process. Thanks to Dan and James uh, for giving up today uh, so that we could um, uh, we could get this one out for the for the crew. Uh, and then more more this week. Uh, I've still got to finish off the series, so that's going to be really fun. And I'll, obviously, I'll be live next week. And if you guys are interested on the 28th, 28th, 29th, 29th, Thursday the 29th of July. Uh, so week Thursday is the 500th stream streak. Uh, so we'll be doing a big celebration stream on that. But I'll let you know uh, more about that in the future. Oh, wow. Nath, thanks for being a legend as always. Yeah. Mon the Gits. Thank you. Um, if you guys do have any Git stories, I'm sure Nathan would love to hear about them, whatever they are. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course you would. Uh, and thanks for listening to Unsport Gamer. We'll see you guys soon. Have a nice day.